Mm, yes. Mm. My creation is almost complete. Igor, get me a fresh brain. But I'm Igor. Oh. I used to work with your brother. Very well. Igor, get me a fresh brain. Post haste. Uh, does it actually have to be fresh? No. No. No, I suppose not. Okay, Doctor. I heard that Abby Normal died recently. I'll go get hers. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Dragon's Demise, the podcast about what happens on, around, and behind the tabletop. Joining me today is Jacob. Hello. And we are going to be reviewing Get Me a Fresh Brain. Yeah. But first, let's talk about what we've been playing. So we actually had a game day over at Leslie and Hunter's the yeah. other day, so we have been playing a lot, but the game we're going to talk about first, actually, we just played just now, yeah. which is Dragon Castle. We tried playing it once before. <laughs> we did. And unfortunately for us, the game itself in the box came with the wrong sets of tiles. Yep. So we actually wrote to the publisher and uh, they shipped us a new set of all the tiles that were all correct. So mad props to the ironically named Horrible Games. Uh, yeah. They were quick and, and sent over new components. So thank you so much for them. Yeah, exactly. But the game itself, I think when we finally got to play it, I like this type of game. It's mm -hmm. got a little bit of like a spatial element. It's got like some matching, some spatial stuff. And uh, it's a really interesting reimagining of Mahjong. Right. It's like you take the Mahjong that you play on the computer, the single player one that's just pretty much matching. Yeah, the, the pop cap games yeah. Mahjong. Yeah. Yeah, that one. I remember. Um, and you add a like, building element to make it competitive pretty much. Mm -hmm. So like instead of just like matching things in order to get rid of them, you're matching things in order to get be able to take them and build with. And I think that it's really interesting, especially with like the use of the different types of tiles and that they really do matter that they are different and that kind of stuff. Like the uh, matching the dragons is different than matching the winds or the seasons, and that's different than matching the regular tiles. And they each give you different benefits, which I think is really cool. About like four or five turns into the game, I was just like, oh God, I can see like a lot of the strategy that actually would go into this game. Of course, it's a little bit too late for me to implement yeah, it. Yeah, then you had shot yourself in the foot. Yeah, but... I shot myself in the foot quite horribly by that point. But like once I started seeing that, I was just like, ah, I can see like, you know, now you want to like start with taking all the basic tiles and not worrying about like the winds and the dragons because those will be a lot more valuable later on. Or maybe like set yourself up by putting them somewhere like on the sides or things, things, things like that in order to be able to use them later on. And I think I, I really want to try this again now that I've seen that. Right. Because at the moment, Greg blew me out of the water pretty much totally in this game. I think, I mean, yeah, you had that, that real big misstep. Yeah. I think without that, we probably would have been on a little more even footing. Probably. I just like, I completely shot myself in the foot about like, you know, four or five turns in. I just made, uh, messed up so badly and it took me like three turns to notice it. And I was just like, oh God. And then it took me about five or six turns just to fix that. Yeah. To fix it. So, so, but yeah, it's a very enjoyable game. I thought it was going to sail right over my head. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised that I was actually able to sort of grasp, mm -hmm. okay, you know, these are the the general strategies that you need to be going for. I actually really like, so there's two types of cards in addition to the tiles. Yeah. So there's spirit cards, 
one spirit card will be dealt out each game, and that is an ability that every player can activate once per yeah. turn, which is pretty cool. And so that can add some really like interesting dynamics to your strategy. You want to maybe play mm-hmm. into certain aspects and avoid other aspects. And then similarly, there are dragon cards, yeah. which are additional like end game scoring conditions. So exactly. I like both of those. They add a little bit of uh, mutability to the mm-hmm. game, which is is always fun. But overall, yeah, I'm excited to play Dragon Castle again. I think it's a little bit tedious on the setup, yeah, just because you got to stack all the the tiles up into their configuration. Though but I, I think mean, you know, next time we do it, like I think this time because you were reading the rules, we didn't both work on it. Right, exactly. But so I it'll think, go faster. Yeah, if if we both had been building it, then it would have been a lot quicker. Yeah. And I think that once we learn the game, that happens. So. Yep. Yep. So that's uh, that's Dragon Castle. We'll definitely be talking about that again sometime mm-hmm. soon. Yeah. And now for the actual game day games. So we got to play The Mind. Yes, which was fucking weird. <laughs> I loved it. It was amazing. It's the kind of game that I actually, I, I really like these types of games because in the past I've, I've talked about how I like uh, Ticket Ride Team Asia. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that you can't communicate with your partner, but you're still trying to work together on it. I know Hanabi is quite a bit of fun. I haven't played that one as much, but... The mind takes like some stuff from both of these. You're not allowed to talk at all. Yep. And you are trying to put your cards in order from one to 100. And you're all dealt random cards. So you start with the first round, you're dealt one card. So now you have to non-verbally and non like, you know, knocking how many times you have like the the number or anything like that. You can't physically communicate the number in any way. Mm -hmm. You can communicate the relative location of the number and that kind of stuff. Or like other kind of things like in that vein you can do. And then you have to, you know, play everything in order. And if you do, you go on to the next round. And whenever you mess something up, you lose a life. And you only have a certain number of lives. And then you have the shuriken card, which lets you <laughs> discard like the, the yeah. lowest number card in anyone, everyone's hand and that kind of stuff. So Yeah, it's a really interesting concept, the sort of nonverbal communication that you have to work out. I think it's very similar to Hanabi in the sense that an individual game group mm-hmm. that plays together a lot yeah. will establish certain internal conventions. Yep. You know, they'll, they'll settle on this is how we communicate. And we even started to do that. Yeah. We had this like, using our hands to gesture relative where our cards were on a scale from left to right or top to bottom, which was in lieu of zero to 100. So Mm -hmm. I think the more you play it with the same people, Mm -hmm. the easier it's going to get because you're all going to sort of start to get on the same wavelength, which I think that could be a really interesting opportunity for like a team building activity or Mm -hmm. like some sort of almost like a corporate yeah variant you know where it's some sort of like all right everybody let's get into groups and Mm -hmm. like get on the same wavelength so yeah i think that it actually really reminds me of a game called uh magic maze which i know you haven't played yet but uh, you've mentioned it before though yeah it has a similar kind of thing where you're not allowed to talk and also you're not allowed to like you know do anything like point or be like move here or anything like that you can't use any gestures to that way sure and all you're doing is just like you know if you think that someone should be doing something you take this red pawn and like bang it in front of them like you know come on you you do something do it do your move interesting they have to then look at the board and be like what move can i do yeah what is it that you're wanting me to do exactly and so it has that similar kind of feel where you're just and i mean magic maze also has a timer element this one doesn't but it sort of does because i mean you're you're not going to be sitting there like you know being like 
indicating who has one no no one okay two right exactly uh, no yeah. and going that would all be the boring yeah that would be boring and that would defeat the purpose of the game so i think that it definitely has that kind of resemblance and it's this tiny card game it's like it's got it's literally a deck of 100 cards plus like the life cards and the shuriken cards and that's yeah, it that's it and i think with that it's just like this is a game that i think when i get i'm gonna just toss into my bag whenever i go anywhere and it's going to be one of those that I'm going to bring out and be like, hey, who wants to play? Totally, totally. Uh, speaking of games that are very simple decks of cards, yeah. Uh, we also had a chance to play Quiddler, yes, which yes, is one did. of Amanda's favorite games. Yep. And Quiddler is similar to Scrabble. Mm-hmm. It's basically like if Scrabble and Gin Rummy had a baby. Yeah, pretty so much. So you've got cards that have letters on them. Uh, some of them have pairs of letters, so like QUs or CH mm-hmm. or whatever. And each of those cards has a a point value and you are dealt a hand of cards that increases i think it starts at three and goes all the way up to ten that's something along those lines and each round you have to try to use the cards in your hand to make words Mm -hmm. and if you're the first person to make words with every single card in your hand you lay your cards down just like gin rummy and you Mm -hmm. go out and then everybody else has one final action that they can use to attempt to go out yeah and so it's really interesting Mm because you're trying to think okay oh there's also bonus points for people who have the longest word and people who have the most words yeah so you have to kind of try to think okay well am i going to go for you know a single word that takes nine cards Mm -hmm. or am i just gonna try to go for you know all right three three letter words or something like that so there's some strategy there and it is deceptively entertaining Exactly. And this is something that Amanda mentioned that we haven't really gotten to because we've only played it once. Right. But then you get to the point where it get, gets cutthroat, where it's just like, it's like, oh, that person went out with three words. I have to do the same thing so they don't get the bonus for right. having the most. Or like, Yeah. If you have the most, you get the bonus. Yeah. If people are tied for the most, then neither of you gets the bonus. Yeah. So you can definitely like deny people their bonuses. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not going to be able to get the most words or I'm not going to be able to get the, uh, the longest word. Can I deny anyone that? So... It, it adds to that, and then I'm sure that vo- your vocabulary gets a lot better when playing this game. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to playing that again. Same, same. And that is a look at what we've been playing. Alrighty, now it's time to get building and talk about Get Me a Fresh Brain. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, something uh, weird in my throat there. But yeah, Get Me a Fresh Brain is a game for two to six players, plays in about 15 minutes per player by Sean Scott Garrity. Mm-hmm. And full disclosure, this was a review copy that we were sent, so yep. we didn't pay any money for this. But each of you controls a doctor and two assistants, mm-hmm. and you are trying to assemble a monster and then set that monster loose on the town and have it be the first to destroy a majority of the town cards. Or kill all the other monsters. Right. Whichever you're able to do first. I mean, like, if you can't destroy the majority of the town cards, you go ahead and destroy all the monsters. Fisticuffs. It's just yeah. knock down, drag out. Yeah, That's the phrase, so. right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so gameplay, as I mentioned, each player controls a doctor and two assistants, a male mm-hmm. assistant and a female assistant, that are represented by pawns. Yeah. And those pawns... Or standees with, standee, with, yeah. with, like, the cardboard thing. And yeah, the, like the, the cardboard punch-outs. With the yeah, yeah. And so on your turn, each mm-hmm. of those characters gets one move and one action. Yep. 
So there are a number of spaces that you can move to. You've got your castle, your en route space as you go into town, mm -hmm. and then the town spaces. So the morgue, the hospital, the graveyard, you know, various places the where zoo. one would acquire body parts. The zoo, yep. exactly, if you're interested in gorilla parts. And so each of you is going to have one move, one action, and I mean, that's all there is really to taking around. Mm -hmm. The doctors are primarily interested in money, yep. so the doctors are the only one who can work yeah. which allows you to earn money. They're also the only ones who can give money to the assistants. Mm -hmm. And then obviously, eventually, they'll be the ones building the monster. Yep. And the assistants themselves, they can go to the graveyard and dig up body parts. And, and they're the only ones who can actually handle the body parts. The doctors have to keep their pristine, you know, just Reputation. veneer of like, you know, sanity. <laughs> um, which, I mean, looking at some of the artwork on this, that's very hard to do. Yeah. And... Uh, so the assistants, they will be going to the morgue, to the graveyard, digging up some uh, body parts so they can pretty much move and then acquire body part, whichever way that is. That could be digging it up or buying it. They can also acquire supplies by buying those. And then they can actually interact with each other. So you can interact with your other assistant, but you can interact with the assistance of the other people. And in order to do that, what you do is you pretty much fight them. You accost You them. accost them in some way. Because it can be either physically accosting them, or it can be a, you know, a test of wits almost, like pretty much stealing from them. Yeah. And when you do, you choose which stat you want to use, either the intelligence or the strength of that uh, assistant. And then based on that, you each roll dice, and whoever's total is higher. Wins the altercation. Yeah. The winner of the confrontation, whether that's the attacker or the defender, mm -hmm. gets to take uh, body parts, supplies, or money from the loser. So yeah. if you're not sure you can win the fight, it's probably in your best interest not to fight at exactly, all. Exactly, because you can get stolen from, unless, you know, you don't have anything. True. Yeah, you could just walk around with nothing. Yeah. And then the, uh, whichever one loses, then goes to either their doctor or the hospital. Right. Just sort of gets sent packing. Mm-hmm. And pretty much at this point, like they're, they're all trying to get their, their parts and bring them back to the castle. And the assistants also, when carrying any kind of body part, they cannot be in the same area as the, the doctor. Right. Once again, that veneer of sanity. Exactly. And the assistants then have to get back to the castle with the parts and they move through the on route space, which is where vice cards come in. Each of the assistants also has a stat for their vices. There could be either one or two. And other players can then play these cards on the assistants if they are without their doctor on the end route space. And if they are played on that space, uh, the next time that player's turn comes around, they have to roll for the vices that have been activated. And if they roll below the vice number, then the assistant pretty much has been distracted. Yeah, distracted, seduced by the vice of their choosing. So, you know, it could be clothes, could be food, could be alcohol, you know, whichever one works. And they then drop everything. Like all their money's gone, all the uh, body parts that they have are gone, everything's just gone. And they, they have no actions that turn. The next turn, they just act the same as normal. But you now have to get those items or supplies or whatever else back from, well, you have to send them out again and get all the stuff back again. Right. Uh, vice cards are just one type of action card. There are a handful of others, things that can help you resist vices, things that can help improve your uh, strength in combat, or yep. like a carriage that can help you move around. Uh, all of these action cards are held in a hand of two per player, mm -hmm. 
And then if you use any, you get to draw back up at the end of the turn. You may also, as one of your assistance turns, discard a card. It is an action, so it does take the place of buying something or you know digging something up, but you may discard one of your cards. Right. And then finally, once you have assembled all three body parts, a brain, a torso, and limbs, mm-hmm. you have acquired your supplies, and you have acquired enough money to pay off your assistance, yep. you can assemble your monster. Mm-hmm. So you take all of those components, each of which will have a strength rating. You combine them into a single monster. If you're the first to create a monster, your monster gets plus one strength. Yep. And then you set it loose on the town. So all of your other characters are removed. They don't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. And your monster gets the same rules. One move, one action. You can move into town spaces. Mm-hmm. And then once you're there, you can take an action to destroy that building. Yep. Once a single player has destroyed a majority of the town spaces, so there's seven of those, which means majority is four, mm-hmm. that player wins. Or if because of the combination of monsters that have destroyed certain cards, that's impossible, then it just becomes a brawl. Your monsters will fight in the same way that assistants do, strength versus strength, add a d6 each, mm-hmm. and the last monster standing wins. There you go. And so I like the idea of this game. I think that the whole creation of like the Frankenstein's monster and then having them go wreak havoc is just fun. Yeah. And it's a really interesting space. You know, I'm trying to rack my brain. I don't, I can't think of any other games that have quite this theme, which is a shame because it's really cool. You know, Frankenstein is a very classic tale. You know, I'd love to see more games exploring this space. This one, I think, has. There are some issues that plague it. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that the conclusions that we came to that all of the people that we played it with came to was that it's sort of needlessly drawn out. Mm -hmm. You know, as you're moving around town, the en route space, as much as I can see why it's there from a design standpoint, from a vice standpoint, it just slows you down. You know, your entire first turn is just moving to your en route space and giving money to your assistants. Giving money to your assistants takes not just the doctor's action, but also the assistant's action. Mm-hmm. When you get back to your castle space in order to create your monster, that takes the entire turn. Unless like you action. have a special ability that lets you do it. Right, exactly. Unless you're the one doctor that can do that. So, you know, at so many different points throughout the game, it just feels like it's being drawn out and stretched and inflated mm-hmm. in ways that aren't satisfying. Yeah. Like they don't add anything to game them, it just pad it. Yeah, pretty much. That being said, I mean, I think that there are some interesting concepts in here. And I mean, like it does have quite a bit of humor in general, especially like, you know, there are some references to Igor and Igor. Igor versus Igor, yeah. Um, like, you know, just you know, tongue in cheek a little bit. And I mean, each of the the drawings for the for the different assistants and all that, they they're really cool. They they have their their own style and their own like kind of like vices and things like that and like you can tell a story with it and i think that that that's pretty fun um it's definitely got a lot of flavor yeah it has a lot of flavor uh and but i think one of the things is that it just it doesn't doesn't focus on the right things like you're saying that it's getting very drawn out because it's not focusing on the fun part of building a frankenstein's monster it's building the Frankenstein's monster. That's the fun part. Right. Like you're putting all these different pieces together to like, you know, create this. Focus on that. Like that that's the, the cool part. Not I need to make money in order to pay off my assistance. Right. And I think, you know, uh, it's sort of similarly to the padding element is the rules. The rules are very arcane. Um, there's yeah. just sort of way too many corner cases and way too many things where it's like, 
oh, these are the requirements, these are the stipulations for these and these and these things to happen. And you could just, I feel like you could just pare all of that down and end up with a game that's more streamlined and end up with a game that's more enjoyable to play. Yeah, and I think that this game is almost trying to be something in between, like a Euro game and a party game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and definitely. It's just like, it doesn't succeed on either front with that because it tries to be its own Frankenstein's monster <laughs> of both, <laughs> both genres. But it takes the like the slowness of a Euro game with the party feel of a party game. So it's just like, it takes the the things that don't really match together very well. Yeah. I think it just has trouble figuring out what it wants to be. Mm-hmm. And if you played more strongly into either of those things, you could have a much more satisfying game. For sure. You know, we talked about the theme and we talked about sort of the personality of the game. Mm-hmm. I personally don't really like the art. I, it's not my favorite style, but I can't deny that it is very like distinctive. Yeah, you know what I mean? Sure, like they, sure. they went for caricatures. Uh, they went for really recognizable art style and characters. And I can appreciate that. I think one of the other things that the game has going for it is some mild strategy elements. So you've got fresh parts, which Mm -hmm. you can pay for, but obviously that costs money. Fresh parts are going to be better for you than not so fresh parts, which you dig Mm -hmm. up from the graveyard. But monster strength only matters if there's another monster on the field. And in the game we played with five total players, Mm -hmm. the player who won did so by just running the table. They put together a weak-ass monster using nothing but not-so-fresh parts Mm -hmm. because they could do it fast and they could do it cheap. And they destroyed a majority of the buildings before anybody else could even build a monster. Actually, they they literally prevented us from building a monster. Right. And so I think there's there's some strategic tension there Mm -hmm. that just gets a little bit lost in the rest of the game. Yeah, for sure. So all this being said, let's talk a little bit about, I think, some of the, the elements of this game that we liked and that could be made into a really good game i think my first one is and like one of my bigger gripes of this game is the action cards yeah they are for the most part completely useless and they just clog up your hand and you only have two of them right and so you know if you hold a card there that's like you know save your your assistant from a vice it's just like okay i can hold this and be ready for when someone plays a vice on me but no one might play a vice on me because they might not even have the vice that they need or i might never be in the right place at the right time for them to play it or Mm -hmm. however else it works and it's just like it clogs up my hand and uh but i don't want to discard it because it is a useful card but that also means that i don't have any vices to go on anyone else right and so i think that this whole action card economy especially just with the vices is almost extraneous I feel like it could be done in multiple other ways, things like either removing the vices altogether or, you know, making them playable on any space or, you know, or a space like, you know, if your assistant is with an enemy doctor, that enemy doctor can play a vice on it or something like that. If they're in that kind of thing, just make that a little bit more dynamic rather than just like, oh, they're on their way back and now I get to play a vice card if they're in this place at the right time. Right. I think one of the things that would do a lot to improve it is some of the component design, not necessarily mm-hmm. the quality, because I mean, there's only so much you can do with yeah, cards and card sure. cutouts and they're fine, but the design of them. So when a monster destroys a town space, you're supposed to remove that card from the, the space and replace it with one of your unused character standees, yeah. which is just sort of, why wouldn't you just make the back of the location card a ruin 
of a building. Yeah. And, you know, the, the locations are supposed to be shuffled and randomized, but mm-hmm. that's fine. Just make it a generic ruin. Yeah. Then you don't have to replace it. Similar sort of thing. If you're going to have one male and one female assistant, mm-hmm. which I would argue is pointless, mm-hmm. then make sure I mean, that the male... Appreciated and, for inclusion's sake, but also... Well, right, but... If you're going to do that, make sure that the male and female assistant cards have different backs. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Not that if your game isn't going mm-hmm. to have male and female assistants, but if you're going to, in the rules, specify you have to have one male and one female assistant, mm-hmm. then make sure that those two sets of cards have different backs. Because otherwise, if you're just looking at the back of them, shuffling them together, and then you're like, oh, crap, I have to separate these. So, And just a, a few things like that. Just making a little bit more careful decisions about your components in ways that make enhance playability. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like I said, the the idea of this game is really cool, but I think that in so- certain ways they didn't go far enough. They like If they went for a party game where you could just make all these different ridiculous monsters and that kind of stuff, you know, add the antlers that you found in the forest, add, you know, wings of a vulture or, or whatever else that you can find, like, you know, make it into this really funny game, then that could be a really fun party game. Right. Like just doing it that way and then having them all beat and beat the crap out of each other or like, you know, how whoever's done first, make it like almost a timed game or something along those lines. Uh, add a little bit more of that personality to it. Or if you really want to go for a more strategic game, go all the way for that. Make it more of a heavier game where you're trying to do some resource management about like who's going to be able to get the best parts and that kind of stuff and really have it be a competition in that way. Not something in between pretty much make each action count currently the actions don't yeah every once in a while it will matter because you're picking something up but then you have about two or three turns of just these are actions that i have to do in order in order to get from point a to point b and that's just boring yeah so we just had some pretty incendiary things mm-hmm. about give me a fresh brain what are we rating this well first let's talk about our rating scale yes so we rate games on a scale from, from skip it to buy it. Skip it being our lowest rating, play it being our middle rating, buy it being our highest rating, with special ones for Top Shelf, which are our favorite games of all time, and Burn It, which are games that we think never should have existed. Right. So, Greg, what's your rating for this game? I'm going to say skip it. Like I said, this is not a satisfying game to play for me personally. I think mm-hmm. the rules are not terribly well written and... Not contradictory, but certainly obtuse in a lot of ways. I think that the gameplay is just artificially padded and, you know, leads to dead turns and boring turns. And it's sort of just a question of how long until someone gets a monster. Okay, cool. The game's over. So I am going to give this a skip it. I could see, you know, it being entertaining for people who really like this sort of goofy style. But even then they'd have to have, you know, the patience of a saint in order to get through the gameplay to enjoy that that theme and that flavor so for me to skip it i'm also going to say skip it for me it's a game that i can't see myself wanting to play really i like the theme i think it's it's pretty fun in that way but other than that it has nothing really it's it's mostly a game about the meantime it's like you're you're waiting in order to do things like 90 percent of the game is waiting not even like building up just waiting mm-hmm. because you're, you you got to move you you have to like the fact that like things like giving money takes a full turn of two characters or even three if you do it that way that's crazy the fact that you know 
when we played with uh, with our friends, the person who actually created their monster just looked at the board and was like, oh, if I destroy the marketplace, which is the only place to get supplies, three of my my opponents cannot finish their, their monster. Yeah. Or if, if he hadn't destroyed a space that had someone's doctor on it, the doctor is dead, they can't make their monster. Like all these different kinds of things that pretty much just break the game. Yeah. And so I think that this is a game that just skip it. Don't, don't worry about this game. There are better games out there. Yep. So speaking of other games, these are games that we think have some of the mechanics that this game tries to have, but does them in a lot better way. And I think that uh, one of them is Galaxy Trucker. Now, this is a similar type of game where you are building a structure, so in this case, a spaceship, out of randomly chosen like tiles that you get from the center of the board. But it does some more stuff. It, it actually lets you build out and like have different shapes, and you just need these certain parts in order to be able to start flying the thing. But since it is a timed game, and since it is a timed uh, building phase, like you have like this time pressure of trying to get all the things that you need. And as you're flipping over the tiles, as you're doing this kind of stuff, you're making this coherent whole, but you know, you also have that, that kind of thing where it's like, maybe if I found the first one to get done, I get this bonus. And so maybe I just want to, you know, be all right with not having everything closed up or anything like that. I'm just going to get this bonus, boom, take that and, and force the others to finish more quickly. And maybe they might not have everything that they need, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then, you know, you're, you're doing that. And then you have a second phase in which you're pretty much racing to finish this quest almost like delivery. So that's similar to like the Frankenstein monster phase here, where it's like, you've got the building and then you've got the, like, you know, doing stuff with the thing that you built. And I think it's done a lot better. I think it's a lot more fun and a lot goofier than get me a fresh brain. And I definitely recommend it if you want that sort of a feel. On sort of the crunchier side of the scale, if you like some of these elements about uh, competing for scarce resources, trying to maximize the money, you know, the way you earn income, the way you acquire resources and what you do with those resources, look into a game like New Bedford. Mm -hmm. So this has much more robust worker placement mechanics, but at the core of it, it's still got that same concept of you are trying to accomplish your goal and your opponents are trying to accomplish their goal and you're trying to do so via a common pool mm -hmm. which has a limited number of really good things yeah. and you're trying to be the first to get those really good things or maybe you're not maybe you're just trying to go for a rush maybe you're trying to get the most of the weak things so some of that strategic balance i think mm -hmm. is executed a little bit better in new bedford we see the beginnings of it and get me a fresh brain but if you want to take that to its really logical conclusion successful conclusion check out new bedford exactly and there you have it that's our review of get me a fresh brain thank you for joining us for this episode of dragon's demise we hope that you enjoyed it as always thank you very much to our great worm patrons who help make this podcast possible we really appreciate you and meg Carissa, Sam, Hunter, and Casey. Thank you so much for your patronage. We really, really do appreciate it. And if you're interested in joining the Thunder of Dragons, which is yes. the plural noun for dragons, we looked it up, Yep. Uh, head on over to patreon.com slash dragonsdemise. You can find us there. You can support our work and get access to tons of really awesome behind-the-scenes videos, 
uh, blogs, mm-hmm. just lots of really cool content. Plus, soon we might uh, we might reach our next goal and have yeah. monthly polls for you to determine what we review. So exactly. if that sounds like fun, head on over. Maybe you'll push us over our over our goal. There we go. If you're going to do one thing from this episode, we would really love uh, love it if you could check out one of our newest videos, the Wingspan Board Game Bistro. So we reviewed Wingspan two weeks ago, and uh, we created a how-to-play video in our own style, Board Game Bistro. So link is in the show notes, all that kind of stuff. Definitely go check it out. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We really like doing that, and we're really proud of how the video came out. Yeah. You can come get to see me and Leslie be super goofy. Yep. Exactly. And lastly, join us next week for another episode of Dragon's Demise.